Good morning and welcome to the Unitarian Church of Edmonton. My name is Karen Mills and I have the thrill this morning of being the service leader for our welcoming back service for this church season. And it feels extra special because for some of us it's been the welcome back after two years of being isolated through pandemic. So a huge welcome back to everyone in person, to everyone who's joining us online, and to everyone who's maybe watching this later in the week or later in the month. Uh, as Unitarian Universalists, we are bound together not by a common set of beliefs, but by a promise to support one another in our individual searches for truth and meaning, guided by our principles and drawing from many sources. We really hope that you feel at home here. Whoever you love, however you understand family, whatever your age, race, or ability, you are welcome here. We invite you to join us in a journey of free thought, spiritual questing, and justice making for as long as you feel comfortable doing so. And we extend a special welcome to our visitors this morning. Please join us after the, con after the uh, service for coffee and conversation, and I think there's even some lovely treats to go along with it this morning. As we begin our gathering today, we want to acknowledge that we are meeting on Treaty 6 territory, and we respect the histories, languages, and cultures of First Nation, Métis, and Inuit, and all First Peoples of Canada, whose presence continues to enrich our vibrant community. Now let us prepare our hearts and minds for worship. Let go just for a moment of the everyday stresses and worries that you might have carried in with you. Silence your phones and any devices that might beep and take your focus away from the morning and we'll create a space in this hour simply to be together in the spirit of life and love. We're going to begin this morning with an opening hymn. If it's in your hymnals, it's number 368, but it's also going to be projected on the screen. Okay. Rosemary and I are going to sort of guide you through it as soon as she gets back because it, it's more than just plain audience participation. Uh, you get to pick your part. And so there's a higher voice part and a lower voice part. And uh, we kind of trade parts back and forth. And then if all things work as they should, we meet together at the end. Okay. All right. Gordon, can you give us a starting pitch? Now let us sing. Let's sing the power of the faith within. Now let us sing. sing to the power of the faith within. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. Let us sing to the power of the faith within. Very good. I find it kind of helps too if you maybe snap or you know wiggle a shoulder. It needs a little attitude to it. Yep. So here we go, and notice it has four verses. The other verses are just written at the bottom of the text. All right, shall we stand as you're willing and able, in body or in spirit? And I'm sorry I had to take off. I forgot my mic. And you wouldn't be able to hear me because I'm not going to be at, the, uh, at this podium through the whole service. Okay, some starting notes again, please. Now let us 
we start our service proper, there are a few announcements to happen, and so I would invite Oksana and Jennifer forward to speak with you. Good morning, everyone. First, I'd like to thank Robert Berg and also Ellen um, Logan for kindly greeting people, John Turvey for making coffee, and also uh, Ruth for helping me with the ushering. Now, as was subtly mentioned, I indeed have a clipboard. <laughs> so what I'd like to do is invite each and every one of you to be part of the friendly face of this church. Now, um, a word about the coffee. I have someone to do coffee on the first, second, and fourth Sundays. Now, if I don't get anyone to do the third, and when we have a fifth Sunday uh, to do coffee, we're not going to have coffee. So that's an urgent one. <laughs> so. Um, it really does make a difference, and it's an invitation to people who are very new, our established people as well, and it's a way to get to know more people. And also, each of you can make a difference. So I'm hoping to be besieged after the end of the service. So <laughs> I have dates to the end of December. Thank you. and welcome. Uh, my name is Oksana. I'm the Director of Religious Exploration and it's so nice to see some new faces today. I just wanted to catch my breath. Putting out seats is uh, really exciting. <laughs> and so, um, so I just wanted to actually let everybody know just a few quick things. As this new year is starting, we have some new spaces for young people. And young people goes right up to young adulthood. We had a very big youth group that actually is now turned into a young adult group. We're excited to welcome them and help them bridge into this new part of their lives. I just wanted to point out that we have a quiet space in the back, a quiet room. Now while we welcome those who are feeding their small children, we also invite those who might have uh, sensory issues or who just need that quiet space to use our quiet space and to use that quiet room in the back. We have a very active and very loud parent room in the back classroom number one, where we have coffee and we, where we have activities for kids. And we have classrooms two and three that are, sorry, we have the small classroom in the back uh, for parents and we have another classroom set up for older youth and their activities. If you have any questions or if you'd like to register your child or children with, uh, with us, please see me after the service. Thank you. Thank you, Oksana, and uh, I see she was putting out chairs, and uh, I probably should have gone first. So I have a three or four or five things I want to say before we start the service. Um, and so first of all, um, good morning, and my name is Reverend Rosemary Morrison, and it is my pleasure and honor to be your minister. So, uh, and so welcome to everyone. 
Before we begin our service, I'd like to address those that are online. And so I'd invite you to gather for yourself a few objects for when we do our pebbles of joy and concern and for when we do our water communion here in the sanctuary. I don't want you to feel left out at home. So I, I'm inviting you to find maybe a little pitcher with, and put some water in it and then a, maybe a bowl and gather some rocks or beads or beans or elbow macaroni, whatever you can find in, in your kitchen that you can use um, to, or anywhere in the house. If you had some little pebbles or something, that would be ideal. And you might also wish to have some paper and pencils, crayons, pencil crayons, or crayons, something to draw on as well. The, uh, that's number one. The second thing I wish to talk about um, is Soul Matters groups. Did anybody notice in the newsletter that I talked a little bit about our Soul Matters themes and Soul Matters groups? Oh, someone... I write it not in vain. Thank you. <laughs> um, so we are doing theme-based ministries through the Soul Matters um, themes that have been developed. And this month, our, our theme is Path to Belonging. So we're going to be talking quite a bit about belonging here uh, today and through, through the month. But part of that is there's, like, there's the curriculum or, or resources for us for Sunday services. There's resources for the children and youth, and there are resources for small groups or small group ministry, if you will. And so we're going to be starting those, and they're sort of like chalice groups, but a little more detailed and more entailed, but there is a time for sharing, but it's more active. There's things to do, and then report back on how those things went. So um, we're hoping to have a couple of chalice groups. Uh, Pauline and myself will lead two separate groups, and if we need a third, that would be awesome. If you would like to be in a chalice group, just let me know after church or email me at minister at uce.ca. It's on our website. It's on our newsletters. So let me know if you're interested in being part of a chalice, no, pardon me, a Soul Matters group. That's two. We've had kind of a big week or two, haven't we? Yeah, it's been big. Um, the passing of the Queen, whoever thought she would actually die? It, right? I mean, I didn't. I'm sure I, we all knew she actually would, of course, but... Um, I, f I took it hard, but then, of course, I'm thinking about how she represents colonization and all of those institutions, and then I think about how much I liked her and how much my mom looked like her, and my mom did her hair like the queen. And so it's like, you know, there's this heart part, too. But it's also complicated, isn't it? So I want to mention that we've lost the queen after 70 years on the on the throne, be leading the Commonwealth, and leading it with grace and stability. I'd also like to point out that it's September 11th. And so we remember that day 
I don't know if, who, whoever was old enough to remember that day, but I remember it so clearly, driving down Columbia Road, Columbia uh, in Kamloops to work, and hearing it on the radio, and I thought it was like one of those George Orwell things, you know, like it was, a, Sheila Rogers was on CBC, and I was like, this can't actually be happening, and it actually was. So I want to point out that today is the anniversary of 9-11, the Twin Towers in New York. I don't know how many we're at, but I have one more. And I also want to take this moment to recognize that this past week has been difficult. Um, I'm from Melfort. I don't know if you know that, but I was born and I lived in Melfort for 10 years, and there was um, a horrendous, horrendous series of stabbings in the area. And we hold those people and first responders, we hold them for a moment in our hearts. This has been difficult. I found it difficult. We hold so much in community, joys and sorrows. We acknowledge pain, we acknowledge desire, we acknowledge delight. And so we take all of these things and we just take a moment. And I think it would be a good moment as we think about these things and we enter into worship or whatever we call it here with a prelude. Thank you, Gordon. Thank you, Gordon. That was beautiful. 
I'd now like to invite Louise Church forward as we light our chalice. Louise was instrumental in leading a team to create our revised vision, mission, and covenant, and she brings such light and warmth into this congregation, so I'm so happy to invite her to light our chalice. Our words this morning are by Reverend Dr. Julia Corbett Hemmeyer. We light this flame, the bright warmth of belonging, of companionship, of interdependence. We light this flame to remind us we belong to the earth, our sacred home. We light this flame to remind us we belong to human families, biological or chosen, and to the entire human family. We light this flame to celebrate this community here gathered, to which we belong, which claims our loyalty and affection. We light this flame to call to mind the transcendent, the holy, known by many names and by none, to which we also belong, which holds and sustains us. And we light this flame in affirmation of the responsibility we share to make our communities ones where we all belong. I'd invite you now to sing our next hymn. It's by BC composer Joyce Poley, and it's 1008 in your teal hymnals, or it will be projected on the screen, When Our Heart is in a Holy Place.
Steve, raised by wolves. Are we going to get it up on the screen? Oh, not in here, though? Okay, I'll wait. So this book, I first um, heard this book being read at a Unitarian Universalist gathering just west of Seattle at a, at a conference called Elliot. It's kind of a family camp thing. And I laughed so hard when they read it. I went, as soon as I got home, I just went onto Amazon immediately because it's, and uh, got it. I had to get it secondhand. It's out of print. Um, and uh, I've been dying to read it, but it's kind of about the first day of school. So um, it's kind of like the first week of school, so now I can read it. Steve was raised by wolves. He loved wrestling and hunting and chasing campers. Should we turn off a, a light at the back so they can see? There was one day Steve's, thank you, Steve's mom walked him through the woods, past the lake, and to the bus stop. I don't think he was very happy about it. Steve, I know you're pretty anxious about going to school. It's not always easy to get along with humans. I think we can attest to that, can't we? But just be yourself, and you'll have a great day. Truer words were never spoken. Steve thought about what his mom had said. He howled and growled during attendance. And so here's the part where you chime in. So a nice good howl from you would be lovely now. Ready? One, two, three. <laughs> Excellent. He shredded banners and tore down posters in the hallway. He pounced on the other children, on their kids. He gave everyone fleas. And, and then there was lunch. Can you see the dead bird? That's his lunch. The other children are a little aghast. That afternoon, Steve brought home a note from his teacher. You can well imagine. Mrs. Wolf, Steve had a hard time staying out of trouble today. I don't know, if I was the teacher, I might have worded that a little differently, but sincerely, Mrs. Meadows, I, I love that you're being yourself, Steve, he said, his mom said. Can you find a way to get along with everybody else, too? But the next day, he ate another kid's homework. He marked his territory on the playground. He buried Mrs. Wolf's laptop, and he drank from the toilet. After school, Steve's teacher stopped by the den to speak with his mom. You know it's bad when the teacher actually shows up at the door, right? Steve, his mom said, school isn't going away. And I know you can make this work, but 
Right now, let's take a flea bath. <laughs> Steve thought hard about it. When Steve got to class the next morning, everybody was in a panic. Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Meadows says a note. Has anybody seen my laptop? The class hamster, Reggie, was missing. Uh-oh, what do wolves like to do with hamsters? Suddenly, Steve's wolf, Steve's wolf instincts took over. He followed his nose under Mrs. Meadows' desk, down the hall, and into the cafeteria, where he opened the fridge. And there was Reggie. He looked delicious. The class cheered. The wolf had saved the day, and Steve finally understood what his mom had been telling him. For the rest of the day, Steve found new ways to become part of the pack at school. So at recess, and then during music, he had a good howl. Let's do another good howl during our music class. Ready? One, two, three. Ow! Excellent. And so he, uh, while well well the class worked in the garden and even at lunch, there he is being a good kid, eating his bird sandwich. When Steve got off the bus, he had a surprise for his mom. Mrs. Wolf, Steve had a great day today. And Mrs. Wolf was so proud. And once more. Ready? Oh! Excellent. So there's some, there's some uh, undercurrent messages in there. Like, do we actually have to change to fit in? Or can we just bring our wolf energy and our rag ragged edges and we can still belong? I mean, it's a good question, right? Do we actually have to change to belong? So, and there's a difference between just fitting in and actually belonging. And even though the message of this book is like, if you, you know, if you're peeing in the playground and drinking from the toilet, you probably need to round out the edges a little bit. But I'd like to give the message that we get to bring our whole selves here, that we can belong and not just fit in. Since you are in such fine, howling voice, we're going to sing another hymn. Um, but <laughs> thank you. As we do it, we are going to accept the offering. And um, this congregation exists because we choose to make it exist. And so we are self-supporting. Um, we also accept donations via automatic withdrawal and debit and all sorts of things. But um, half of the unidentified collection is going to go to Camp Firefly this month. And Camp Firefly is a fun and educational, social and personal leadership retreat for queer and trans youth ages 14 to 24. Campers identify and explore their identity to build resilience, enhance self-esteem and develop leadership skills that will positively impact their lives and the communities in which they live. It was founded by two educators from the U of A and started out as a weekend camp and now has evolved into a four to five day volunteer based summer leadership retreat and it's Canada's only national sexual and gender minority youth leadership camp. 
um, and our own Reverend Audrey Brooks has participated as a facilitator there many times. It's a fantastic opportunity for youth. So let us sing number 1058, which will also be projected on the screen as we collect our offering. And when that is finished, we'll invite our ushers to bring the offering forward and we'll sing from you, I receive. So right now, 1058. adapted from a water communion ritual written by my colleague, Reverend Elizabeth Yuki. UCE, the Unitarian Church of Edmonton, is made up of many identities and groups, and these groups form together to make our community. I will begin by naming a few of the many identities or, or groups that make up our community. After these groups are named, all congregants are invited to come forward to pour your water into our communal bowl or vessel. So before we begin, my understanding is that the water communion ritual or in-gathering with water is not something that is familiar or something that's been done. Am I right or wrong? Okay. Sometimes. Okay. So it's not completely foreign to, to everyone. But I'll just say that the idea behind this is that we bring water from the summer and we gather it together in our communal vessel, uh, indicating our uniqueness that blends together to make our beautiful community. So when we perform our water ritual, Eliz Reverend Elizabeth says, we affirm the power of joining together in community the ways in which all of us bring unique gifts and backgrounds. But together we form one community, and that community nourishes us. Before I begin, I'm going to seed this with a little bit of water. There we go. And then I will preserve this water, a portion of it, for next year 
I'm going to sanitize it and I'm going to hang on to it so it'll have some seed water, the water that you bring, and then I'm going to hang on to it. And that water will be used for the animal blessings, for child dedications, and that kind of thing. So, I begin pouring water to represent our history and our ancestors. We remember those who have shaped us, our families, members of this community who have died, the flawed and favored people who have gone before us, the good, the bad, the bittersweet, and the healing experiences that have brought us to this point. Our community springs from all of this. And now we look to the longtime members of the Unitarian Church of Edmonton. You have helped to create this community, nurture its systems, and woven a tight web of relationships. We bring many memories of this place and of these people. Happy memories, sad memories, complicated memories. We bring our commitment. We bring the history of our faith community, helping bind us to the traditions of those who have had the vision and the perseverance to, to stick it out through good times, more difficult times, with hard work and an overarching understanding of how important it is that Unitarian Universalism flourishes here in northern Alberta. And now I add our new members, new and newish members. I won't use very much because folks might need this. New and newer members bring excitement at having discovered this free faith and this caring community. New members bring a fresh perspective on the challenges and strengths of our congregation. You know, we come from a variety of backgrounds, raised Unitarian Universalist, Catholic, Mormon, Jewish, Protestant, mixed faith, or non-religious. We join our gifts with you, our newer members. I pour this, I poured this water to mix and mingle with those that have gone before and those we learn from. And I pour water to represent those of us who are guests. Perhaps you're church shopping, or Unitarian from another country, or city, or state, or province. We're glad you're here. And we hope that you feel welcome and wanted in this community forever, for however long you're able to be with us. And I'd like to recognize the young adults here at UCE, we have an emerging group of young adults. There is an energy that springs from those that are not children or youth, not fully realized, and, but no longer minors. We celebrate our young adults with this water, representing the hope and vitality that they bring. And then, of course, to the children and youth, we want the children and youth to grow up at UCE, to be raised Unitarian Universalist. 
We hope the children and youth enjoy, like coming to UCE, because it's fun, welcoming, and a place to feel safe, to be who you are. We at UCE value what our children and youth bring to us, for the children are the hope and future for us. I am excited to join the gifts of the children and youth with the gifts that the others bring. And so their water is also added to add clarity and purpose to our community. And to all of us, we represent those in the wider world. We are those who are about to visit UCE for the first time. We are those who are thirsty for belonging, and we are the guest in the sanctuary, the neighbors living outside, the other Unitarian Universalist congregations, and we long for justice, equity, belonging, and love. We are the activists organizing to support and preserve clean water our experiences shape this community. How will your gifts join with us? I invite you now to come up and bring forward your water to the communal, communal bowl. If you did not bring any water, feel free to use this symbolic water. I've used quite a bit of it, so just do a little dabble. Sorry about that. And after you have poured the water you have, um, you have brought or used the symbolic water, I invite you to go and use one of the boards. There's six boards out. There's two, three small ones and three big ones. And you take the paintbrush that's with them and pop it in the water. The big ones are sitting over water. Put the paintbrush in the water and then you can write a, you could draw something or you could write a word. Um, that symbolizes something for you that you bring to this communion today. And so how do you wish to be in the world is another question that you could ask yourselves and you could draw on the Buddha board. So there's six of them. Try not to draw until they're kind of dried off. They, they, it disappears in uh, two or three minutes. And then the, for those of you at home, this is a good time to pour your own water into whatever vessel you have and to do some drawing or writing on your paper with crayons or pencil crayons or pen, whatever you like. I invite you now to come to the water communion table.
to all of us, we are welcome here. We share in the communal bowl. We share in our lives together. The water joins us together. And so we have, we have created community with the water and now, and written on the Buddha boards. I love to see what's happening at the Buddha boards and please continue to use them through this next section. So we're going to continue on with our water theme. And I know how much candles or pebbles of joy and concern or how important they are to this congregation and to me. And so as we continue to think about how we can support one another, I invite you, if you wish, maybe you have left your cares and concerns in this vessel, but I would like to use this vessel to think about our joys, our concerns, our worries, to leave them behind. And I'd like to drop a few pebbles as I think about all the things that have happened this past week. The Queen, 9-11, the violence in Saskatchewan, the pain and devastation that that has brought. So you may use either water station to drop your pebble of joy or concern. Just, just don't take one of the big rocks <laughs> over here. Just a small pebble, maybe the little glass beads to drop into our communal water. And again, I will be saving that water, a portion of that water to use again next year. It has been blessed. It has been thought well of. People have carried their water. It is indeed, if I can use the word, holy. I invite you now to go to either station and drop a pebble of joy or concern for anything that is on your heart this day.
And now we will invite Karen to drop one more pebble for all the joys and concerns that we have holding in our hearts. And also to light our Ukraine candle as we continue to think of those that are ravaged by war in the Ukraine and those displaced by our war, by this war. We continue to hold Thank you. And so we come back together. We have regathered to start the new year in community. We recognize that we are all different, we're all unique, and we bring our gifts and talents to make this community thrive and grow. We are community and we are walking the path of belonging as our theme of the month state. Who we are is enhanced and enriched by your presence, and we are not the same without you. And now, for the moment we have all been waiting for, what have we been doing since last May? We've been working on a mission statement, a vision statement, and a covenant of right relations. So do you remember when I asked, who is the boss of a congregation? Do you remember? Anybody remember? Some people do. I wasn't trying to put anybody on the spot, or, but, but then we talked about the idea that it is the mission that is the boss of a congregation, any organization really. And so the governance implementation team, along with Adam Snyder, Declan Kylie, Oksana Atwood, and Mike Keast, and most importantly, from your input and feedback. And so we had so much input, so much feedback. You can see all the little drops of water is where we started. And then we had the, how are we going to make it grow? We had the tulips and there was a bunch of other things that we did in, in, in services. And so now we have a brand new mission, vision, and covenant statement. And so I would especially like to thank the governance implementation team, and especially our chair, the chair of that team, Louise Cherich, and members Lynn Turvey, Karen Mills, and Audrey Brooks. It has been such a pleasure working with these amazing, intelligent, and hardworking people. So, let's give them a round of applause. And could you stand? Could the committee stand? No, I'm asking the committee to stand. Could the committee stand so we can see you? There we go. Now we can clap for them. All right. So, if we could have the mission statement up, that would be awesome. Pardon? Vision is first. Okay, let's have the vision statement first. Okay. We open doors to all seekers of spiritual growth and nurture positive change for a just and healthy world. Okay, let's say that together. Our new vision statement is, we open doors to all seekers 
of spiritual growth and nurture positive change for a just and healthy world. How does that sound? That's what we aspire to be, how, what we wish to live into. Okay? And then our mission statement. And I'll read it as it's coming up. UCE mission is to inspire social justice by questioning the status quo, engaging community, and inviting all to the table. We do this by providing an intentionally inclusive home to nurture spiritual growth and transformation, foster learning opportunities and outreach experiences. We're going to welcome all age groups support action for social justice and be guided by the principles and sources of Unitarian Universalism. So let's read just the mission statement together, not necessarily the part about providing an intentionally inclusive home to. So the mission statement, let's read that together. UCE mission is to inspire social justice by questioning the status quo, engaging community, and inviting all to the table. Okay, so this is our mission. So when we think about who's the boss of the church, what's the measuring stick we use? Our mission is to inspire social justice by questioning the status quo, engaging community, and inviting all to the table. How does that sound? Okay, and then our covenant of right relations. With love as our guide, we pledge to create a beloved community of peace and compassion. We trust our ability to work through conflict. As members and friends of the Unitarian Church of Edmonton, we agree to honor and respect diversity in values and beliefs as a support as a source of communal strength. Be truthful, kind, and open-minded. Assume good intent and goodwill. Listen with open hearts and speak with care, even when it is uncomfortable. Talk to, not about, others. Accept responsibility for our individual acts. Address conflict promptly and ask for help when conflict is too difficult. The first person you go to is me if you're having trouble. I'm your number one contact if you're having trouble. Be steadfast in support of our community in times of disagreement. Share the ministry of the congregation through our gifts of time talent, and money, and express encouragement and appreciation for the gifts of others. Let's read together our covenant of right relations. Ready? With love as our guide, we pledge to create a beloved community of peace and compassion. We trust our ability to work through conflict. As members and friends of UCE, we, too, 
Be truthful, kind, and open-minded. Assume good intent and will. Listen with open hearts and speak with care, even when it is uncomfortable. Talk to, not about, others. Accept responsibility for our individual acts. Address conflict promptly and ask for help when conflict is too difficult. Be steadfast in support of our community in times of disagreement. Share the ministry of the congregation through our gifts, time, talent, and money. so nice to just say thank you sometimes, isn't it? Or just to hear it. So the governance implementation team has also identified areas of growth and development to help us live into our statements. And as well, you have an opportunity once more to give your feedback. You can send it to myself. You can send it into the office. Uh, you can write it on a piece of paper and mail it in. You can put it in the suggestion box, you can write it and put it in the offering plate. You, if you have thoughts about the, our mission, vision, and covenant statement, now is the time to express them. If there's something you don't like, don't hold on to it. Let us know, because it can still be, there's still some room for shape-shifting a little bit, okay? I think it's exciting, though, to have these statements in place. They, they give us a starting point. They give us some safety. They give us grounding and thus the ability to move forward. Without boundaries, like our covenant of right relations gives us, it's, on, it's impossible to feel safe, and therefore we hold back. The covenant will continue to be developed and will include a step-by-step -step guide to follow when there is conflict or hurt feelings. Sometimes we know we should do something. We just don't know what to do. And then we can refer to our covenant, and it will give us a guide. Or you can come and talk to me. Having these statements helps us as a congregation and individuals to determine next steps. Where to place our focus. How to get through difficulty. And how to make everyone feel like they belong. So let's take a moment. I'm cognizant of the time. I was going to put you into groups so you could talk about it, but that will have to wait. So how does this change things for you? Does it change at all? Does it matter? Is there anything that you're going to need to do differently or wish you had done differently or need to think about? Will having a covenant impact the way you interact with others in the congregation? It's going to be a strange kind of way to talk, I think. We could say, I'm feeling like I'm out of covenant with someone in the congregation. I need to address this. I need to address it with them first. How do I get back into covenant? So this is the kind of new language that can be used when we have a covenant. How do you feel about being part of this congregation now? Has it changed? Do you feel like you belong? 
So let's just take a minute, just a minute, to reflect on these things. And I invite you, if something, if you want to go and draw on one of the Buddha boards, or we're just going to take like 60 seconds of silence, and then we'll move into our final hymn. Our final hymn for this morning, in keeping with our water theme, is I've Got Peace Like a River. It's number 100 if you want to follow along in your hymnals, but it's right here in front of you too. So please stand as you are able and let us sing our final hymn together. Louise to come forward and extinguish our chalices.
as I read these words by David White. Put down the weight of your aloneness and ease into the conversation. The kettle is singing even as it pours you a drink. The cooking pots have left their arrogant aloofness and finally seen the good in you at last. All the birds and creatures of the world are unutterably themselves. Everything is waiting for you. And I offer you this benediction as we leave this place. Do not be dismayed by the brokenness of the world. All things can break. And all things can be mended, but not with time, as they say, with intention. So go. Go, my dear ones, and love intentionally. Love extravagantly. And love unconditionally. For the broken world waits in darkness for you, the light that is in you, in all of us. So go in peace, my gentle people, go in peace. Amen. And may, let's, we're going to sing Carry the Flame now. And we're going to form a circle, if you like, or two circles. We might need two circles. If you find, or just sit, and someone will join you, however it works. So if someone's sitting, sure there's a hand on them. Excellent. We're still not in the holding hand stage unless you hold, unless you're, you know, really comfortable with the person next to you. All right. A hand on the shoulder is good.